It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Get up, get, get up, get up. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Mets Up, episode number 117, the official podcast of the New York Mets. We're excited to talk about the Philadelphia Phillies series. Oh, oh that is just Philadelphia Phillies series you gotta gotta get the words right here it's been a, it's been a long week a lot of a lot of Mets games going on big this series stand. though a big homestand this one though was really good for the Mets as we took two of three from those Philadelphia Phillies as I'm really over pronunciating now it was a really nice series really straightforward a lot of things to talk about good series for the Mets overall though we gained a game on game on them after they thought they were going to sweep the series after game one but we'll talk about that here before we do make sure you check us out on all our social media at Mets up on Twitter TikTok Instagram if you're looking for the YouTube video go to the New York Mets YouTube channel you'll be able to find it there and if you're listening to us Apple Podcasts, Spotify Google Podcasts, Odyssey wherever you find your podcast you'll be able to listen to us drop us a rating drop us a review download it subscribe share whatever you got to do we appreciate it and James I mean, I've seen you like all weekend, but Literally. how how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. It's just funny to have this episode and try to find things to talk about when the Phillies barely scored in three days. What was it, 20, or not 24, 18, 17 straight innings 18, after game one? 18 innings without scoring a run because they were shut out back-to-back days on Saturday and Sunday, and then score an earned run since the first inning on Friday. They didn't really do much with the bats. No, not at all. This lineup is so unimpressive without Harper or Schwarber. Yeah, and you, I feel like like with Harper, we were talking about it earlier because you've made some comments about how you thought yeah. the Phillies would be fine without Harper, and they've been more and than it was fine. true, yeah. yeah I think I, I sent you the, uh, the record before without Harper. It was like 29-15, I believe. Yes, yeah, so now I've just hit 29-16. Yes, it's but really good. that's really good. But that being said, it feels like almost Schwarber now, like now that really changed the way that yeah. this offense feels because – they didn't. They didn't hit at all. It's kind of like here's your two elite power bats who are well, Harper's not bad at defense, but he couldn't play defense. Schwarber's not good at defense. He does play defense. You lose one of them, you're like, all right, we still have something to keep this lineup going. But now you lose both of them. And the middle line, especially when Castellanos is not hitting for power, Alec Bohm no longer hits for power. J.T. Romuto hits for power, but, but he's, as much as a catcher hits he's, for power, not like these guys. You don't want him being your four hitter. Like no, J.T. Yeah. Romuto hitting four doesn't. Sp- scare or put any fear into anyone's hearts this lineup very much lacked punch especially when you're playing in a ballpark like city field you're yep. going against max scherzer jacob Degrom, chris bassett and the mets bullpen they just really couldn't seem to get enough together to really make anything happen and also props to the mets pitching the mets pitching was really really good all series i mean you start off with scherzer game two Degrom, game three bassett bassett didn't go as long or as deep into games as the other guys but he still battled and still was able to keep the Phillies scoreless. That's the kind of stuff that really separates the Mets between this Phillies roster is that if something maybe isn't going 100% for the Phillies, and we talked about this earlier in the year too, that if they have any injury, if they have any problem, this team looks completely different because they just don't have that depth. Yeah, lack of depth is happening to a lot of teams in baseball. You're seeing this now, especially to get to the middle of August, and people are really being tested. This, yeah. This is the dog days of summer everyone loves to talk about, but... I think the biggest difference, though, is the lineup between the Mets and the Phillies, which is a hilarious thing to say because this Mets lineup, we saw it this series. They didn't hit you know, a ton all series long. Yeah. Friday and Saturday, it was a trying time to score runs. But 
even on Sunday against Zach Wheeler, it was just like everyone's taking good at bats, like we've said all along. Everyone in the starting lineup got a hit. Yep. Like just pounding, pounding, pounding over and over and over again. Eventually, the Phillies just like you can't, you can't breathe anymore. Like there's no break. Mets are pesky. We talked about how earlier in the year too, we felt that the Mets were going after guys that put the ball in play. You don't strike out, and I do feel like this series, maybe against Nola a little bit more so. Nola was good. But in this series, the Mets were putting the ball in play a lot and making the Phillies make plays, which is always a good thing. Well, the opposite that we're kind of worked against them on Friday because they were putting the ball in play a lot against Rangers Suarez and they just couldn't really square it up. Yeah, it was just on the ground, I felt like, a He's lot. Funky. And the Phillies on Friday, you got to tip the cap. I feel like they were really motivated to play good defense after Keith like kind of poked the bear a little bit. I think they might have been, yeah. Kind of. And it's funny, though, because that ran out by the end of the series. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They went right back to being the old Phillies by Game 3. But Game 1, let's start off there, because it was the Apple TV game, which always has some interesting vibes. Because, of yeah. course, we, I mean, anytime we don't get to hear Gary, Keith, and Ron, it stinks because they are the best in the biz. Yeah. And Apple TV at times has been a little hit or miss. This game felt a little bit weird. Mets fans in general wouldn't be as averse to the Apple TV broadcast if our broadcasting crew wasn't the best in the business. For sure. Like, if you were dealing with mid for 160 games, and you had to take a break for two games like, to hear... Like, let's say you had the Phillies broadcasters. Yeah, for as, as an example. I don't even think the Phillies guys are that bad. Let's I, say you had, I, like... I think relatively, actually, they're probably better yeah, just better because... Than most. I mean, like, you, you go to, like, Pittsburgh, Minnesota... I don't, know, I, don't like, know, I don't know who either of those teams are. Exactly. Like, Tampa, I feel like, probably it, not. Being a Tampa Bay Rays announcer <laughs> has to be like almost like a punishment in of itself. Unless you really bought into like the Rays mantra. And like, it, it was like young, sharp, like... Cool team. Yeah. Cool team, but it's just not a really thriving fan base by any means, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the Rays don't do bad on social media, but the crux of this is that... Mets fans get frustrated with the Apple TV broadcast. Definitely. And I don't think that the Apple TV broadcast was bad. Like, I think we've had bad ones in the past. Yeah. No doubt. But I think that the crew was really... Like, Cliff Floyd, I like Cliff Floyd a lot. I think yeah. Cliff Floyd's a good voice. Steven Nelson's really strong as well. You know, it's, John's real friendly with Steven. He's a good dude. So, I mean, like, I think they did a relatively good job. But I think the biggest issue, honestly, was it was so quiet. I don't yeah. know if they didn't bump the mics. I don't... The other thing I noticed, too, I was talking about it on Twitter as well uh, with KFC over at Barstool. We both mentioned it that it felt like it was like we were watching golf because like the fa you know the fans were raucous you know the stadium was, was, was bumping insane, yeah but no. you didn't get that feel on the broadcast because for some reason they weren't pumping in the right amount of live game volume i've said this before too about the apple broadcast i'll say it again it's just really weird when people don't have chemistry they put three announcers in a booth, tough. booth together because katie nolan as well who's not Katie Nolan's a decent analyst, but she's not really a baseball gal yeah. as much as she is with other sports, from what I understand, the content I, I take in of hers. So you put these three people together who don't really have a prior relationship and who aren't... They have no rapport. Yeah, so it's hard and like it's hard when there's three people trying to figure out who speaks and who's not and who jumps in when. Like we Again, we're kind of blessed with Gary Keith and Ron because those are three yeah. guys who know each other's lanes. They can feel when each other's stopping and someone else should say something. But it's hard to just say, hey, you three people... Go talk about baseball. Yeah, not every, three and a half hours. Not everyone can be blessed like the Mets. The Mets, the podcast has now got three people with John over here helping us out with stats every once in a while. I mean, we got good chemistry. It is important, and you, it's tough. It's really hard. But that being said, it's a good excuse to listen to the game on the radio. Yeah, of course. You have, you have Howie. You have Howie and Wayne. Wayne. You could listen to those guys, which also, shout out to Wayne. Our friends. And, and Howie, too, because, yeah. I mean, we got a shout out on the radio broadcast, which was cool. But we do have an interview coming with Wayne to you guys very soon, so that'll be a nice, fun bonus episode. Get to talk to Wayne Randazzo for about 30 minutes, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was fun. And now, i got to talk about this game a little bit, because 
the Phillies did get to Max Scherzer before the Mets were able to really do anything. I believe it was top of the first. Yeah, the Bryson Stott seemingly is the Max Scherzer. He owns him, which is weird because I remember he had that that rope earlier in the year in Philadelphia against Max, and I was like, that was a shockingly good at bat. I was like very excited for Max Scherzer to face Bryson Stott at the time, put up a good at bat, and then he got on base four times in that game, and he's the only player I think in. Max's career to get on base four times against him in a game. Yes, and now for Bryce Stott's career against Max Scherzer, so only this year, he is six for seven with a hit by pitch. It's really good. It's ridiculous. It's really good for a guy who I think is a better player than his numbers show, but isn't by any means like this stud. I mean, there's a lot better players than league. He's 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 someone who I think has like a stable skill set who will progress and will be like a useful cog for the Phillies for a long time. Better than Didi Gregorius, that's for sure. Than Didi Gregorius, and he's he's a fine little player. But it's just weird how he just is Max Scherzer's kryptonite. He used kryptonite correctly after used incorrectly earlier. Yeah, I was. That's my thing. I don't like using words the proper way. (laughs) No, of course. Sometimes they just go with the meaning that I feel fits best. Yeah, and then. Phil's got that run, Stott, someone drove him in. Marcana hit a sacrifice fly in the bottom of the second. So that game was at 1-1. And it was really, again, the broadcast was kind of quiet. Jets preseason was going on the other side of it. Like Friday night, I'm sure everyone's got a lot to do. Every, everyone thought Zach Wilson tore his ACL. For hours, because people were just lying on Twitter saying he tore his ACL. Shout out to Ledger Doosable, because he just told people on Twitter Zach Wilson tore his ACL. Untrue. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, I, saw the, I saw the injury. I said meniscus. So... Jets pro, fans, you can thank me. Pro football doctor. Pro football right here. doctor here, yeah. Uh, <laughs> orthopedic surgeon. But by far the weirdest situation, or the most I don't know, entertaining situation in this game, until it eventually went to extra innings, happened during that end of this, this Mets oh, yeah. rally we discussed in the bottom of the second and heading into the top of the third. The Mets, uh, Darren, oh, Ken hit the sack fly, Ruff hit the double or something. Ruff was on third base. Jeff McNeil was up, one out. McNeil has a swinging bunt up the first baseline. The Reese Hoskins Chargers. Also, Reese Hoskins seems significantly more confident in defense than he ever was in his career right now. That's just I think that's just Reese Hoskins playing hot. He's swinging the bat really well. Yeah. So that might That'd just be, be like that might be a thing where he's like, it's going well. Like I'm just out here playing baseball, but I still Not thinking. I think he's got some of the worst hands in the league. Also, I mean, maybe the fact that Reese Hoskins doesn't have to try to play the outfield anymore. The Phillies finally yeah. relieved him of that hellscape. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's much more relaxed with playing one position that he can actually try to manage rather than one he cannot. He had a chip on his shoulder too with the Keith comments. We know, we know Keith he's moans critical. and groans a lot about Reese Hoskins defense, <laughs> oh, which guy, I agree. He's, good. he's a good hitter, but well, uh, those hands out there. <laughs> As a guy who took a lot of pride in defensive first base. Yes. So Hoskins fields the Jeff dribbler, and he charges it. Jeff doing this new thing that Buck has taught the guys. Tried to, like, dead stop because the Mets had runners on base, and he wanted to try and force Reese Hoskins to think. I wouldn't even say he tried to dead stop. Well, but he was going too fast, and he just he ended up sliding. And yeah. Hoskins was coming in at him to tag him to, keep, to look back rough to third. And he steps on Jeff's thumb, his right thumb. And you kind of see Jeff grab it, and he goes to the dugout. You don't think anything of it. And then after Jeff in the order was Eduardo Escobar, who didn't come out, Luis Guillermo made pinch hit for him. Yeah. And now in back-to-back plays, Jeff, Jeff McNeil had to leave the game with a, a lacerated. But we didn't know that yet until we went no, out no. to the field. But we looked like, it looked like the way Jeff came off the field, like he, he was like squeezing his thumb. Like yeah. There was definitely blood, even <laughs> though it wasn't bad. And Eduardo Escobar had just been yanked. You're yeah. like, oh, those are... Those are two of our infielders. Those are two plays. Not that many left. <laughs> no, that's I you think about the bench and you go, Gourmet. Yeah. yeah. Gourmet's the backup infielder because yeah. Darren Ruff is not playing third base, I don't think. No. And now there's there's one backup infielder for two positions. Yeah. And we had to put in Mark Canna at third base. And I can't even believe that this is a real thing I'm about to say to you guys, but friend of the podcast, if you guys were listening last year when we were interviewing, he was our Spanish translator. Shout out our boy Ernie. He had a he had a what did he tell us about Mark Hanna playing third base? Mark he he was at the game the last time Mark Hanna, I believe, played third base. Or one of the last times he played third base. Which it is was insane. 2000 
Ernie's a little bit older than us. It was 2016. It was 2016, a game the Oakland A's were playing against the Baltimore Orioles. That's crazy. And Mark Hanna started at third base. And our, our friend was there for some reason. He was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. Went up to Baltimore to catch a game at Camden between the A's and the Orioles. But actually, they were both good that year. 2016? I think they were both good that year. I don't know if the Orioles were. The A's probably were. I think that was the last year, right? Wasn't that? That was the Obaldo. Yes, game. that was exactly. Oh, that was, yeah, yes, that, was that year. Too. Both teams were actually in the pennant race. That's like so not and that was, I think that was the A's went all in, too. And they traded. I want to say that was the Smarja trade. That was 2014 when they got okay. Lester also. Yeah. 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 That was 14. Okay. But I think the A's were still probably in the thick of it. Definitely. Definitely. Around. So hilarious that, well, first of all, the A's and the Orioles were playing a hotly contested game towards the end of the year. Second of all, that Mark Hanna started at third base. Yeah. But Mark Hanna went up to the dugout. He got a, a small infielder's glove. He was bending around a little bit. It was like a black and teal. No, glove. he actually used his outfielder's glove, he said. Are you serious? He said he didn't have an infield glove, so he just used an outfielder's glove. Was it like glove. a backup glove? Yeah, I think it was a backup yeah. one. Probably just so that it wasn't like too broken in because you don't want to like necessarily always close the glove yeah. by means. But he's just out there taking grounds at third base. And during the whole time, the Apple broadcast was like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I don't, I don't, it was really hard to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Because, like, you really would have had to pay attention to Jeff McNeil running off the field to think anything was wrong. I was flipping back and forth with the Jets preseason because I wanted to watch Zach Wilson throw his his, his interception. And, <laughs> and I turned back on. I literally see Mark Hanna, like, taking ground balls. Like, what the hell just happened? What did you have for a shot? I saw you had something. Yeah, I was just going to follow up on that uh, 2016 athletics team. It was a nice year for them. They finished with 69 wins. Nice. They nice. were not in the thick of it. <laughs> they were at not all. in the thick of it. Totally wrong on <laughs> that one. Baltimore was. Yeah, Baltimore was. Hey, they had a couple good years there. It's not some mistakes. Yeah, uh, Chris Bassett was probably yeah. on that. But then after this inning happened, Mets, Scherzer got through the next inning. It seemed like, honestly, this chaos moment kind of helped him lock in. Yeah. Because he just breezed through the rest of this game at. But I feel like sometimes with Scherzer, he needs like a little chaos so that like he can like almost like uh, like trash talk himself a little bit on the mound and be like, what are you doing? You gotta, you gotta step up. Like, he's, he's nuts. He's crazy. We've seen him yell at himself on the mound. Like, I, he's like one standard deviation away from Ken Giles punch himself in the face <laughs> if he doesn't pitch well. So I think Scherzer likes sometimes a little bit of adversity to almost like lock in. Buck gave a really interesting interview though after this because uh, with the Apple TV broadcast to do sideline interviews, the managers yeah. in between innings. And whoever it was, I forgot who it was on Apple TV doing this. but it was Heidi White Watney. Heidi Watney. Yep. Thank you, Mark. She was like, what are you going to do with a short bench the rest of the game? Like, you have any other backup infielders? And Buck goes, oh, we have some pretty versatile pitchers. <laughs> and little did we know until the next day when Gary was talking about this inning on Saturday that Jacob DeGrom put his hand up and volunteered to go in and play third base. I mean, it, ma it makes sense. He played shortstop yeah. in college. He was a pretty good shortstop in college from what it seems like, too. That being said, uh, thank you, Buck. Yeah, thank good, you for... Decision. Also, Pete volunteered as well, college third baseman. Yes, at Florida. He actually started off as a third baseman. I... He, played, he played third base literally through his entire college Who would career. you have rather seen... Barring the outside circumstances, play third base though. Jacob Degrom or Pete Alonso? Like, who do you think you would have rather had there? Oh my God, that's a loaded question. I guess the, like, if I, I just would like to keep Jacob Degrom as far away from anything that's no, not pitching at all times. But I'm saying, oh, he can't, he can't. Nothing bad can happen. Nothing bad happens. Hundred percent, Jacob Degrom. Really? Okay. He's the best content ever. I see. I think I might take Pete. I don't know. I think Degrom's probably a decent infielder out there. Definitely, probably still can. I know he has a gun. Yeah, definitely, has, <laughs> definitely can make the throw. <laughs> he but has a cannon. I mean, Pete's over at first base. The throw—that would be the interesting thing for Pete to see how he would throw from third base. Because I honestly, I don't know if the arm's really there for Pete. He's, he's a darn good first baseman, but third base might be a little probably. fun. Yeah, I mean, Pete has a lot of experience here, though. Just I'm happy that Canada did it, and Canada actually did take a hot shot from Real Muto, and he made a play. Yeah, he did it. He said uh, after the game, he's like, "I wasn't trying to do too much. I just wanted to get the ball and throw it to first, it's and hopefully be okay." And that's. He's Marky Cheerios. That's what he does. He's like, I don't want to do too much. I'm not Honey Nut Cheerios. I'm regular Cheerios. I'm good for your heart. 
I want to now, like, as we start doing more player interviews, I want to ask more guys, like, what their emergency position is. Ooh, or ask guys what other players' emergency positions are. Because now that we know that Mark Cannon is the emergency third baseman, like, I want to know about the emergency shortstop, emergency catcher, who can play emergency outfield. Like, who's the emergency pitcher? Like, I want to know these things. Yeah, I think, I think at least in the past, catcher was Jeff McNeil. And that's because through, like, Twitter and everything like that, I think I tweeted it out once, and McNeil, who followed me, or follows me at the time, he was like, oh, yeah, I am the emergency catcher. Like, that's me. Because someone was like, no, he's not. <laughs> and he's like, like yes, that, I am. I feel like that could also be the thing. Jeff McNeil's like, I am the emergency catcher. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, it depends. Who do you think would be the emergency catcher? I if would it, definitely I would assume either McNeil or Guillaume. Guillaume. Ooh, Guillaume could definitely be a solid catcher. I feel catcher. like Guillaume could be the emergency catcher, and then he could win a gold glove in three years. And I don't know if this is just me, but, like, I could totally see Darren Ruff also being a catcher. I don't know why. I could see him, like— He's big. And I think it's also— big. I think it's also because I'm getting confused with former Phillies prospect as well, uh, Cameron Rupp. There you go. Who was a large man who caught yeah, as well. So I think that might just be skewing me a little bit, but I could see Ruff behind the plate, maybe. Yeah, but— this was this was the biggest juice that happened this entire game because just after this, like Ranger Suarez and Max Scherzer both settled into a very nice groove. Scherzer especially, who wound up going seven innings, allowing nine hits, but five of them came in the first two innings. And they were like, I mean, Stott hit the ball well, but they're kind of dinks and doinks a little bit. Yeah, but they're, they're only four hard hit balls the whole game. I Scherzer. would never say that they were lucky though. No, of course not. It's baseball. That's what losers say. Yeah, if you, you call another team lucky, you really you really you should you wish you would have won. Sounds like you wish you won. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. We have more fun with these lucky stuff this week as we go on the road to Atlanta and to. Philadelphia, but only four base runners over the next five innings for Scherzer after those two innings, or yeah, five innings after the first two innings, six strikeouts, only that one run run. The guy's just such a gamer. Like, we talked about this, like, very much, but even when he doesn't have his best stuff, which didn't seem like he did, yeah. he didn't really have the normal, like, 50% whiffs on his slider. It was only, like, around, like, the 20s and 30s. I think, weirdly, in his career, too, the Phillies might have been the team that he's, like, fared the worst against in terms of the National League East. Especially, I think, this year, too, it's been, like, his worst starts. I say with big air quotes because he doesn't pitch poorly, but I think the Phillies just might maybe give him a little bit of a tougher time than some other teams it happens like that's just not really something that i'm worried about because he still had a great game and still very much kept us in this it's just we couldn't we couldn't hit ranger suarez which is frustrating or the phillies bullpen which is frustrating as well because we had not, not even chances but just felt like the, the vibe in city field was so amazing people were screaming we did the oh, oh, oh yeah oh. i've never heard that in a baseball game really i haven't heard in a long time i think yeah. during the like playoff, playoff run 2015 yeah. they were doing that Francisco Lindor hit that shot into into the center into the night sky in the ninth inning. I cannot believe it didn't go out. Get, unbelievable how that yeah. ball didn't go out. But what did we t- remember? Uh, we were talking about the weekend that the balls all of a sudden just it was, were not flying. It was flying. specifically Friday, but this ball Lindor hit in the ninth inning, 104 miles an hour off the bat. Do you have a launch angle on it? Don't have a launch angle. I can get one real quick. Yeah, but it, it, was, it, it was a barrel. It looked like it was 20 rows deep. It looked yeah. like a walk off home run. I had no I doubt in my mind. Out. Yeah, I couldn't believe it didn't get but out of the park. I, I follow. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys who do park factors on Twitter, and apparently shout them out, but you don't know the name. I will shout them out right now. I'll keep scrolling. I'll find it. But apparently Friday night was uh, there was like 30 percent less expected home runs. And I was telling you I, when I saw you the next day, I was like, yeah. we were watching games, and there was balls that I thought were for sure like 10 rows deep, and they were just like caught significantly in front of the warning track. Some balls that were hit didn't even make sense. Shout out at Ballpark PAL. 30,000 on Twitter. It's good, good yeah. stuff. Good daily park factors for all my daily fantasy players or anyone just trying to get an edge in any way they can, anywhere, anywhere you can. Thought the ball was gone. Thought the Mets were going to be able to get it. Obviously did not. We had the weird play in extras, not in extras, in the ninth inning, right? Where Sonny Marte got thrown out on the Dan Vogel back line drive to left field. No, that was extras. That was, was extras? Nine. That was, was nine. Yeah, yeah, okay. Nine. yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I was like, degrees, I th- by the way, on that... Uh, Lindor fly yeah. ball. Oh so. 104, 25 degrees. That should really that be should, a home run. should be crushed. It really should. It should be like 440 feet. But nonetheless, we had that weird play with Vogelback, Starling Marte. What do you think? You send him there? 
you're looking, I thought you were looking at John for a second. No. I mean, I definitely send him. I know Veerling is a good athlete and is, has a good yeah. arm, but at that point, like, you need to make a perfect throw to get him. He did make a perfect throw, got him by three steps. Especially the Phillies. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't care who it is on the Phillies, whether or not they are a good fielder or not. I will challenge them every single time to make a perfect play. Like, it, he was he was out by, like, three feet. It but, just hurt in the 10th inning when the exact opposite thing happened. Yeah. Starling Marte didn't make a perfect throw. Didn't make a perfect even, throw. Even though he, like, he, he fired the ball in ni- almost 98 miles an hour. Yeah. It, just, it came on, like, a weird in-between hop for Nido, and he was in front of the play because that's a new rule. And apparently they sent out memos this weekend to all the major league teams that they're going to be looking uh, at the blocking the plate rule because apparently they felt like catchers were taking advantage of it recently. If Neil could have blocked the plate on that, that was like exactly where the ball would have been. Oh, probably would have been a perfect had, He literally would have had his left leg right in front of the plate. It would have been right here, bang, and we'd probably still be playing that game. <laughs> yeah, that game was not going anywhere. You lose games. That's what happens. By no means was I worried. By no means was I stressed. No. And honestly, I want to give a shout out to Mets Twitter. Mets Twitter was reasonably... Okay. Yeah. Like there was like some people who were like, this stinks, especially because David Robertson came in the game and got the final three outs. Yeah. But for the most part, I didn't see panic, which is like a huge, that's a huge step forward. Also, I mean, David Robertson got those outs, but Mets Twitter can align when there's something that can like, you know, can unify them. And that Tyler Naquin called third strike yeah. against David Robertson. Everyone could be like, we're blaming the umpire. We're not blaming the Mets. That's true. And we're moving on. Because it was a bad call. I want to briefly also shout out Michael Givens, who pitched a very good 10th inning with the ghost runner on, only allowed that run to score on the... How did that run score? That was Tony Martin play. Yeah, that was Tony yeah, Martin yeah. play. Ground out and, but, and the fly out. Yeah, Givens made an unbelievable play earlier in that inning on a Sick swinging play. bunt where he like the ball was off to the third base side of the pitcher's mound. He went down to a slide, came up firing, and threw a strike to first base. Pitchers are athletes too. I didn't know he could move like that. I when he slid, I was like, oh no. I was like, this is going to be thrown away. And absolute strike to Pete. It was really, really impressive play. But yeah, Mets lose. Yeah, one more stat from John before we wrap up Friday night. Max Scherzer took forty three pitches to get through the first two innings. And just 55 to get through innings three through seven. He was cruising. That's awesome. He was cruising. It almost felt like for half a second he was going to come back out for the eighth. I thought he might have. Yeah, but and end of the day, didn't really end up mattering. Mets didn't score any runs. Let's talk about game two, though. Game two, DeGrom on the mound. We were here for this one. Yeah. Both of us were here. Had a friend in from South Carolina. Shout out, Base Case. Check him him out on Spotify. He's a rapper. But (laughs) (laughs) he makes good music. I got to give a shout out to my boy. But Jacob DeGrom on the mound. Uh, It's always a different feel when he's out there. Like, we've now been at all three Jacob DeGrom starts this year, which is kind of cool. Very cool. It's on purpose and on accident at the same time. I was most, pretty on purpose. Well, well the first ex- one was on accident. Yes. The next two were on purpose. Very much on purpose. And I plan to go to all of his starts as long as I can. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta this week, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see <laughs> if we take a trip down to Atlanta. Simple man. He's oh, turned that song into an electric Such walkout. a banger. It's I, listen, so I good. listened to it when I was working on Thursday. I mean, like Leonard Skinner, on. one of the great bands, of course, of for course. sure. But yeah. Simple Man is not a song I would have considered necessarily to be electric. And no. Jacob DeGrom, every, I got goosebumps again. I don't Dude, know what it is. It's just so crazy that all these New Yorkers are like just jamming out to Leonard Skinner. So. The people around us, there was like an older group of like five or six Mets fans. It looks like they were all couples that like do one game a year. Nice. And they Love were those. they were jamming to Simple Man. And I was like, this is electric. And the the wife of one of the guys turned around. She's like, this is one of the greatest songs of all time. She's like, I'm so happy. It's probably not untrue. I'm sure there's <laughs> a lot of people in a lot of parts of the country who would say that. But it's just he he was so good from the start. It never, it never wavered for a moment. Like there wasn't, even though the Mets were only winning this game one nothing, they were winning one nothing from the first inning. While DeGrom was on the mound, there was not a moment of fear. No, I, I didn't feel nervous with him out there. There were plenty after he left the mound. Yes. But while he was on the mound, there was literally nothing to worry about. It was six innings, two hits, 10 strikeouts, 76 pitches. 76 and six is crazy. Only, only with 10 strikeouts. And 
the first batter of the game, Bryson Sazat, he had three balls on yes. that guy. To ground through 12 the rest of the game after that. It's 15, so 15, 15, I think it was 15-61 it or it was 16-16, something like that. Something like that. I mean, he was but just... It was, it was, he was so locked in. To get that many strikeouts without ever working the count is like, it's stupid. It doesn't even make any sense. Like, like I love the city Field cheers for the strikeouts, yes. too. It's like louder than most other pitchers. <sighs> <laughs> Everyone's like, I like he's doing it, he's doing it again. We just we miss Jacob. That's what it is. They kind of like kind of forgot like how really good he was. I think like maybe even like he could have forgot a little bit too. We talked about I didn't know this, and I, I heard forget like purposefully because I don't want him to hurt me again. Yes, yeah. but like I think um, he was talking about it, or Gary was talking about it on the broadcast today on Sunday. He was saying that Jacob apparently still gets extremely nervous before every single start, that he's, like, just a nervous wreck. He's pacing. He's like, I don't know. I need to, like, do something. He's like, I every single start, he says, feels like his, like, first one, basically. I think a lot of that's because he's such a perfectionist. Yeah. And, like, when he, like, he wants to be on. He wants to do every single thing possible to help his team win. And, like, he, he, did, he did that on Saturday for sure. Yeah, 42% whiff rate in the fastball, 41% in the slider, which is, you know, it's, it's a step back for him from his last start, but <laughs> it's something we'll accept. And he just did that amazing thing that Jacob DeGrom does sometime where he is throwing 100 miles an hour with the wipeout slider, and it's, the command is perfect. Yeah, it's, he's uh, putting the ball where he wants it. Bryson Sato almost got thrown out in the first inning because he put a ball, I don't know how you put a round ball into a corner like he did, but he hit it <laughs> so perfectly. Bryson Stott thought it was a ball, should have gotten tossed. The umpire needs yeah. to. Umpire needs to. No, Jacob Degrom's in the mound. Show some respect. Yeah, a rookie trying to show up the umpire while Degrom's pitching. You, you think you know where the ball's going better than Jacob? Come on, get out of here, Bryson Stott. So Jacob Degrom's made three starts now this year. He's faced 56 batters. Of those 56 batters, 28 have struck out. That's half for all the people at home. <laughs> One has walked. <laughs> One walk. Is where was silly. that walk? What was that walk? Was that Washington or was that Braves? I don't remember. Do you remember, John? Yeah, it was Michael Harris right before the Dansby. Oh, yes, that was the one. And he was throwing a perfect a game. Yes, after, yeah, that was, and after that was the first time anyone touched his slider all day. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Correct. Michael Harris doesn't even walk either. No. <laughs> Probably just like, I don't want to swing. I wouldn't swing either. Oh, I got to make contact. I'm good. 56 batters, six hits, three earned runs, two of them coming out of Dansby Swanson, one home run he's given up in the 56 batters. And he's thrown 380 pitches, 71% have been strikes. Guy hasn't pitched in a year, came back, and is like, oh, I'm still the best pitcher in baseball, in case any of you guys were wondering. He's so good. It's like it's like a little bit shocking and a lot comforting. Oh, it's to awesome. Watch him pitch. It's so sick that he's back on this team. And I heard like multiple people in the ballpark yesterday, and I was like having these thoughts in my head too, where like if I'm planning my bathroom trips or my food trips, like I'm going while the Mets are hitting. Yeah. Like I want to get back and watch Jacob DeGrom pitch. Must watch baseball. Like it if is. you're especially if you're a baseball fan, a fan of pitching. You stop what you're doing and watch Jacob DeGrom pitch every night. Definitely. And you have to give a little bit of credit, or more than a little bit. You have to give a lot of credit in this game to Aaron Ola, who yep. went toe-to-toe with DeGrom, as he's done many times in his career. Good pitcher. Went frame for frame with him, gave the one run the first, and absolutely shut the Mets out after this. The very rare, but one of my favorite things that ever happens in baseball, the eight-inning complete game. Yeah. I, I love that so much. It's such like a stupid thing I love so much. Like It's great. But uh, Phillies don't win when he's on the mound, weirdly enough. No, 9-13 and 13 in Nola starts this year. What, what the hell? Kind of gets the old DeGrom treatment. They're the Phillies <laughs> this year, as they've had this amazing hot streak and they're actually having a very good season, they are under 500 in games started by Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. I think you sent me 10-13. and 13. And then Wheeler, Wheeler, they were 500 going into today, and now they're one game under because they lost a Wheeler start today. What a shame. Ugh, I feel bad for those I Phillies. so bad. Those two great pitchers, they can't win those games. Ugh, wasting, wasting away. Whatever will we do as Betts fans?
but like Nola was awesome. Like he was he, awesome. Like the knuckle curve was curving. He had the good color going. Like it was the Mets could not hit him. Couldn't no, touch him. Close to hitting him. Thank God we got to the RBI in the first because this would have gone to extra innings zero zero. It was huge. And then the game was really tense once the Grom got out of the yeah. game, as we oh, mentioned. Lugo. Trevor May, Lugo, Diaz were the last three guys. Yeah, Lugo, May, Diaz. Yeah, they all did fine. They all did. They all didn't let up a run. No one let up any runs. So this was it was okay. Yes. But boy oh boy was it tight. But like Lugo and May, there wasn't even reason it got any reason for it to be tight. Like, I don't even think they allowed base runners. Maybe May allowed one. I think May allowed one. But, like, they were both look really good. Yeah, they both look sharp. Yeah, Trevor May throwing 97, like, that makes me feel good. And he had a great slider strikeout, uh, Nick Mayton. 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 And then Diaz came in, and it was, I think, it, I don't know if this was a new thing for this weekend, but you guys have new graphics for the trumpets? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We did. We blew it out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. once uh, Sunday happened and that, that video went viral, yeah. um, it kind of became like, we are going to make this a thing. Yeah. And it, it's a thing. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the video at home already. Sick. There's, so cool. there's no better entrance. And did you see the thing in D.C. last night uh, on the Nationals broadcast? They were doing a read and Trumpets was on in the background. Really? And, the, and Bob Carpenter, the Nationals play-by-play guy, says, don't worry, Edwin Diaz isn't coming into the game, <laughs> as they good. were on a graphic. I mean, it, it's, it's a sensation sweeping the game. It's, you, you know that Narcos by Timmy Trumpet and Blaster Jacks is the wow. number five song steal on my, Spotify? Steal my stat I, I gave you. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I, I took saw it right that from you. before, Mark. I saw you. I mean, it's unreal what this man is doing. It's crazy. It's such a vibe, too, when he comes in the game. Like, the fact that, like, I was looking around my section, I saw, like, a bunch of, like, older people, like, just completely vibing out. Just and, like, doing this. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was a guy behind me during the May inning, like, a guy who two years ago, I'm sure, would have said some mean things about Edwin Diaz. <laughs> he was like, we just got to get this game in ninth inning, get Edwin the ball. Like, they, we're in a situation now where, we're, like, we're, like, get him the ball. Get yeah. Anything you can to get this guy in the game. And everyone... I saw maybe 15,000 phones go up when the trumpets came on, too. It's, it's electric. SNY did the great uh, thing on their broadcast where Edwin was in black and white. That was good. And that was the, cool. the second he walked through the gate, he went into color. That and was he started clean. running. That was really cool. I mean, you've seen, like, on TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is, like, his entrance now is, like, also, like, a meme format that, like, goes viral with stuff where, like, you just, you start, you're doing your thing, you're saying goodbye at work or whatever it is, and then as you're getting ready to leave, you do the, the Edwin Diaz jog with the trumpets going in the background. He's got that jog down, by the way. He does have that jog down. We gotta do that TikTok for that. Yeah, it's a smooth jog. And also, I love, like, you know when Diaz is on, when he, like, throws a strike and he, like, runs at the catcher. Like, he, like, takes, like, 10 steps and, like, snags out of yeah. the air. Granted... The Phillies ended up putting up a decent yeah, inning this, here. This was not Edwin's best inning by any means. But, but he started off hot. He did start. I mean, he started off hot, but it was just one of those games that felt like a few years ago where Edwin just didn't really have command of the pitches. He mostly the slider. Yeah, they weren't biting on the slider. No, and then the fastball was like around the plate, but not on it. Like the velocity was still there. But something Edwin did that I liked a lot during this outing, this inning, I guess I call it, is that when he knew it wasn't working, like he stepped off. He went behind the mound for like one point. It seemed like 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. He just like sat there really slowly, gathered himself. And uh, you you scared me too before the game too because we were talking. <laughs> we we're, were on the boardwalk. We we're on the boardwalk enjoying beverages, and we were talking about like what bets should we make today. Yeah. We we're just having a conversation, <laughs> and I think the name Nick Castellanos came up for a home run. <laughs> 
And James goes, Nick Cassiano stinks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. I was like, He well, came up in the ninth. He came up in the ninth. I texted you immediately. I was like, I hate you. Yeah. I was like, you, you got to be kidding me that you said this right now and he has a chance to win the game for the Phillies. Luckily, he did not because he stinks. Mark, Mark said he was light. He was lightheaded. And that, I was. And then he was having an out-of-body experience. I literally felt like I hadn't taken a breath for like 30 minutes at that point. Like I was like, I don't think I'm breathing enough. I don't think I have enough oxygen going in my brain. It was crazy. And did you guys know last night, Biggest crowd at City Field this season. We did. Mm. saw it after. It's amazing. And what a huge moment. And the double steal makes the moment even bigger. Yeah. That, that, tying that, and go-ahead run and scoring position. That was that was sketchy. That I was, was not a fan of that at all. No. I mean, listen, Edwin, focus on the batter. You strike out the guy, you don't got to worry about <laughs> those dudes scoring. And when you strike out 50% of the guys, that's, that's fine by me. That's the old Satchel Page trick where he would like go traveling to like traveling baseball um, games. And he would like put guys on every single base and take all of his fielders off the field <laughs> and then strike the next three guys That's out. Sick. Yeah, it's so cool. But awesome job. I think it. I think I saw a, f- a stat that said the last time the Mets uh, had a one nothing shutout, it was started by Jacob Degrom and ended by Edwin Diaz, which is like a weird kind of stat yeah. I've, I heard about. It was opening day, 2020. Yoan Cespedes. Oh wow, Yoan Cespedes was on the team. 2020. That was uh, that was fun. Remember when he disappeared weird, for like <laughs> an hour? That was bizarre. And the last time the Mets beat the Phillies, one nothing, was exactly 12 years ago to the date last night. No really? Way. Yep. It was the Dicky one hitter when obviously Cole Hamels picks up the base hit. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. All right, Dicky. Man, we've thrown out some names today. Was that during the run where he went to Tampa afterwards and did? And had the one hitter too, or something like that. Or that, like was 20, that was twenty twelve. Yeah, that was twenty twelve. This is kind of when Dickey like became a thing because he was just a nondescript pickup yeah. by Omar. Yeah, didn't have ligaments in his arm. No, <laughs> no, just, no ligaments. Why ligaments? The knuckleball. It was twenty twelve though when he uh, went on the run. Right. Orioles race were the one hitters. Not bad. Not crazy, bad. Crazy stuff here. And Diaz did nail down the save two hundredth of his career, second closer since the start of twenty sixteen with two hundred saves. I said that one, said that one. DeGrom sets MLB record for consecutive home starts with two or fewer earned runs allowed. Very good. That's pretty awesome. He's a good pitcher. He's really good. That's what happens when you're good. Another great stat from John here. Highest strikeout rate in baseball, minimum 50 batters face. Edwin Diaz, 52.2%. Jacob DeGrom, 50%. Well, they like weirdly in like this bizarre way are the same pitcher. Kind of. I mean, DeGrom slather moves way more than Diaz's. They both throw like 100, too. They both have great accuracy with that slider. They both strike out half the guys they face. It's just Jacob DeGrom pitches six innings. Do you know who else is weirdly similar to Jacob DeGrom? Who? The guy who started for the Phillies on Sunday, Zach Wheeler. Is he though? He, I mean, the way he looks. You see, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a fight with you here about this one. You gave me crap about the Edwin Diaz being similar. Like, well, his slider. Zach Wheeler doesn't throw 102. He throws like 99. Not that's not the same as 102. There's a big difference it's, there. I mean, I'm sure it's actually relatively close. But Zach Wheeler throws curveballs. No sliders. I thought he throws curveballs now too, though. Oh, he does a little bit, but it's, it's fastball slider for Zach Wheeler. It always has been. Zach Wheeler and Degrom don't even put them in the same sentence. With I each said other. similar. Yeah. You don't think they're similar? No. Their pitches like move the exact Jake same DeGrom's way. Degrom's the best pitcher on the planet. Yes, I said similar. Edwin Diaz is the best closer on the planet. Zach Wheeler just got smacked by the New York Mets <laughs> on Sunday. Tell me that guy's the best. Like Degrom, facetious. I don't know if that's the right use of that word. Well, I'm going to drop it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what that word means. I think they're similar. I think they look pretty similar out there. Their wind-ups look pretty similar. It seems like he picked up a lot of things from spending time with Jacob DeGrom. Oh, yeah, series. probably learned a thing or two. So it looks like he, he literally looks the same as him on the mound. All, all pitchers, Sl- all pitchers should be around Jacob DeGrom as much as possible. Yeah, well, I think it helped him out. It didn't help him out on Sunday. No. But I think it's helped him out over the last few years of his career. No Cy Youngs. He's not nothing. He should have won last year. That's still erroneous. Corbin Burns is my Cy Young. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> don't take that back. <laughs> I mean it. Oh, man, you're probably for Tony Gonsolin this year. Oh, yeah, of course. Mr. Well, Mr. Mr. well I'm rooting for fit. Max Scherzer, who should be the Cy Young. Or Edwin Diaz has a real case to be a Cy he'll, Young. He'll be top 10. 
if he stays on this pace, he's having the best reliever season of all time. Easily. So by far better than any reliever season ever happened. Eric Gagne won a Cy Young. I think didn't K Rod win a Cy Young when he got all those saves too? No. I don't think he won a Cy no? Young. No. Okay. Eric Scott, Gagne did though. He did, but that was also the height of a steroids era and their pitchers just weren't as, you know, yeah. People getting crushed. I know. The one that I think it gets compared to a lot is the Mariano 07 season, was it? Yeah, I think we, we struck out like twenty percent of the batting. Edwin's doubling that. Like Edwin I think Edwin has a real case for a Cy Young talk right now. I don't think he has a case to win it, but I think he has a case to be top five. Okay. I it's hard for me to it. give a reliever this high young. Yeah, He's I know. going to throw like 80 innings. Even though you love relievers. I love relievers. I love relievers. How could you not love relievers? They're, they're electric. I there give it to you. Go. Talk right. about this game now. Game three. Let's wrap it up. You are, now I'm wrapping it up. Yeah, you, you like to read off the stats. <laughs> You're the stat guy. <laughs> game started off very nicely. Statistical indoor. Oh, but first of all, Brandon Nimmo started off nicely, hitting a rocket right off the bat against Zach Wheeler. It did feel like he was Aggressive going, again. Yes, aggressive. He's been, well, I'm, we're hot and cold on Nimmo's aggressiveness because there were a couple at bats on Saturday where he swung first pitch. Yeah. It was either two in a row or his last three at bats of the game where they were either men on or we were just dying to run up Aaron Nola's pitch count and he swung at the first pitch. Yeah. Sometimes, a couple times with men on, it was like, that's not. Got to pick and choose a little better, maybe. Yeah. But I think it's something that he is trying to do is like just put the bat on the ball more. I think he wants to hit more rather than walk more. Which is fair. Which I get that. He's so, so it's a contract year. <laughs> it's, it's ironically a walk year. LOL. Oh, nice. Stole a punt from John there. N- nice play. Nice play. There we go. But hit the rocket, got to third base, and then Francisco Lindor drove him in with a wonderful blooper, setting the tone for a lot of the Mets bloopers on Sunday. Looked like a line driving the books to me. Line driving the books for sure. Yeah. Laser beam off Francisco Lindor's Smoked bat. Smoked it. Set the Mets single season record. For runs batted in by a shortstop, passing Jose Reyes. Guy stinks. He's horrible. He's terrible. And Lindor <laughs> did it in 114 games. Took Reyes 153 when he did it in 2016. He's so good, Francisco 2006. Lindor. 2006. You wrote 2016. Typo. John yeah, with the typo. The, that, that's me. That's me. That's, that, that's, that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> that's on me. I shouldn't have read that. 2016. I knew <laughs> Jose Reyes didn't do that. Well, he came, he came back. I know, point. but he, he was on that team. He played like a, I know. That's what <laughs> killed me for a second. He played like, like 140 yeah, games for the Mets at one point. He did RBIs that year? <laughs> Good year from Jose. Shockingly Amazing good. year from Jose. But... Love that. And then we just had nice remembrance of what the Phillies are at their core in, I believe, it was the fourth inning of this game, yeah. which was just not really making all the plays in the field. Not that there were plays that they really should have been making, but it was just a lot of chaos that gave the Mets four runs here. A lot of line drives, Mark Canna, Luis yeah. Guillorme, James laser, McCann, laser big hit Jim getting yeah. in there as well. Brandon Marsh being just real dumb out there in center field and just flipping the ball into second base, which was yeah. crazy knowing Great that there's guys. Played by Jess McNeil, run around. Heads up. I think Ron on the broadcast said that even if he got thrown out the plate, which he should have been because Riamuto also botched the ball at the yeah. plate, he was like, that's that's a heads up play. That's something as like a team you go like, I love that. I love to see that. I was listening to this part of the game on the radio on my way to the park, and Howie was loving it. He was like, and a great heads-up play by Jeff McNeil, extending the Mets lead. That's that's big. Uh, I'm waiting for the people to give Buck credit for that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's all Buck. All Buck telling around that base. But also, just Joey Cora, that whole inning. Like It looked like the arm was going to come out. I mean, again, I was watching on the radio, but I saw some highlights afterwards. No, it actually this way. It looked like it was coming out of the socket. I mean, like, that arm's going to fly off one day. Either the arm's going to fly off or he's going to levitate. He's one of the most animated third base coaches I've ever he's seen. He's also pointing to the ball. Pointing to the ball. Like, going into Alec Bohm's glove, telling he has the ball. <laughs> he loves. He got low uh, on the Vogel back when he tagged in game one uh, from second base. He got down on the ground, literally an inch away from third base, on the dirt, and was screaming down. Like I, I love I love the theatrics from Joey. He's, he's, he's nuts. Vogelbeck also hit a home run just after this. 14 home runs this year as a designated hitter, tying Bryce Harper for the most in the National League. Sounds like we have the best DH in the National League. We have, we have great DHs now. We I do. Love, I love this it's, bench. Oh, my God. It's great God. how this Freaking team just awesome. has the versatility now to have just really good bats. All the time. And the Phillies did get a few guys on the inning after our, like, our rally. Yep. But Chris Bassett, I think, because there was a mound visit where it was like it was going back and forth. I think Hefner was like, 
this is it. Yeah. We're winning by five. We're not going to stretch you out here that much. Empty the clip. You got a big strikeout. Who's strikeout that night inning? I was, I was in transit to the game. I got it right here to end that inning. <laughs> Top John. fifth. I'm scoring. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Veerling. And Stott. Stott. Stott, yeah, yep. Stott, Stott. You got Good. a big strikeout on Stott. Yeah, Bryson Stott really just... Ever since I heard his walk-up songs, was Uncle Drift Cracker, away. Drift Away. Like, I was that's like, a good one. That's a horrible walk-up walk song. song. That's like top five worst walk-up songs you, you could pick. So? It's, it's not the worst song, but it's not a bad, it is a bad walk-up song. Lindor had a great walk-up song, winning by 6 nothing in the 8th and the 7th inning today. Could You Be Loved by Bob Marley? He's got like... Stadium was jamming. He has to win the award if there was one for most walk-up songs. Saturday had A Bay Bay by Hurricane mm-hmm. Chris, which mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe that came out. He's He's had... It feels like almost every single game a different song, which leads me to ask, like, is there a playlist and it's just he has it like listed by game? But I feel like there hasn't been that much repetition to it. No. So I feel like Lindor might be giving out like 10 new songs a week. Gotta be. Which is exhausting. Right, listen... Oh, whatever working. works, whatever works. Having hey, a career season right literally now. Literally, do, so. do anything else you gotta do. The guys in the MVP conversation. Bassett, though, like you said, really uh, bulldogging. Bulldogging. He got that dog in him. He's got that Bassett oh, hound oh, in oh, him. Oh, oh, oh. Look at that Bassett Sorry. pun. Five innings, five strikeouts, four hits, two walks. Good start. Thirteen whiffs, more than Wheeler had in this one, which I love to see. And Bassett hitters. Yeah, John, thank you for thank you for writing it twice, <laughs> highlighting it, oh. and making it really <laughs> large here as I was in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Opposing batters against Bassett this year. 179 average with runners in scoring position. That's big. Bearing down. Bearing down. If that was happening the other way, I'd be like, it's a bad luck. Yes. It's happening good for us, bearing down. Well, we know luck doesn't exist. No, yeah. Mets well, I mean, the, all the Mets are so lucky. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, yeah. This team's lucked their way into almost 80 wins. Losers talk about luck. Yeah, losers do talk about luck. Winners win. What's that old stupid corny saying about luck? Like, luck is at, luck is at like, the... The, the nexus of opportunity and something stupid? I'm not even going to try. You know I don't know it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm out on this one. You, you make your own luck. I thought you were going to go that way. but I mean, you could go, I'll take that one, too. You make your own luck. You're facetious as a noun today. So. <laughs> yeah, that's not right either. <laughs> it's totally not right. Oh, my God. It's no, a good game. Success. Success comes oh, from luck it? and opportunity. Wow, that was yeah. not where you there started you at all. No, but that. you know what the Mets are right now? Successful. Having a successful season so far. They've been great. This is the fewest runs they've allowed in a three-game series since September 8th through the 10th, 2014 versus the Rockies. Who is even on those Rockies teams? Arenado, Story probably, right? No, Not, I don't even think Story was on that team Gon- yet. Carlos Gonzalez? Maybe. Must have been, yeah. Tula Whiskey probably still on that team, too, oh, definitely. honestly. He was traded 2015. I'm going to look this up Ryan, real quick. Ryan Langerhans. Yeah, because I bet you guys on this one? Wait, yeah, yeah pull up the roster. Yeah, pull, right, pull, I got you. pull up the roster Mark, real quick. Yeah, I'm not clicking. I'm not clicking. Oh, this is good. I bet right. you... So they're second baseman. We should know this. Clint Barmas. No. Oh. Oh, I have no idea. We should know DJ. this. DJ. Oh, oh, yeah. David John. Um, Their me, catcher has give, to be Chris Iannetta. Give me, give me Ryan Spielborgs. No. I think he was already in the broadcast no, no. booth by then. Langerhans. No. no. You're getting old. That's like mid-2000s guy. No Ryan Langerhans. How about this? David Wright's best friend. Oh, Kadire. Yes. Yeah, right, oh. right before we signed him. Exactly. Charlie oh. Blackman's on that team, too. Yeah, Charlie, was. yep. Uh, who's Left pitchers? field. Left field. How about this? Corey Dickerson. That's Whoa. where it all started. He's, he's played all over Corey Dickerson. He has guys. played all over. Who's on the pitchers in that team? Ubaldo still there? He should be. I think Ubaldo, in 2014. No, no. But that in the was, bullpen. Was that oh, okay. John Gray's rookie year? No, he got drafted in 2013, I think. Yeah. So he, he wouldn't have been. We know nothing there. about this 2014 Rockies team. Not that he was on that team. Oh, yeah, he was. He wasn't, he wasn't oh good God. yet. Who Maybe else do we have here? Franklin Morales, Jordan Lyles in the starting Jordan rotation. Jordan Lyles, my God. Yuli Chassin. Wow. Juan Nicasio, fireball. Juan Nicasio. a big Juan Nicasio Juan Nicasio. He took a comebacker off the head, didn't he? He did. I so did Chris Bassett. Right. So did Chris That's Bassett. Right. Not that long ago. No. At first base. Good Canadian boy. Good Canadian boy, first baseman. 
Justin Morneau. Oh, oh, wow, man. People those forget. Were, that, that was a bad Rockies yeah. team, people huh? People forget. How I many, mean, one is there a good Rockies team. No no how many wins did they have that year? I'm just that interested year, to hear. Uh, 67. 66. Even fewer than that 2016 that's, Oakland Athletics um, team. Almost tried. That's, that's <laughs> bad. Almost got it on the head. Yeah, that makes sense, 66 right. wins there. Uh, wow. There was There's a good TikTok meme. I, I don't know who did it, but there was like some girl who was talking. She's like, you know what I love about men? They'll just sit in a room and just, <laughs> just name players. We, you do, say, we do it all the time. You say... Like 2014 Rockies name players. You threw out guys from 2007 and eight, yeah, and we trying. and we were thoroughly entertained. Oh, yeah. We were excited to hear I'm Ryan sure Longer. Everyone excited about this too. Spillborgs. Spillborgs. Oh, Jason Pryde was on that team, and that is my favorite name from that Jason roster. Who? Jason Pryde, former Met. Oh, great. oh, oh former yeah. Met. He was a part of the. Uh, was Marquis? Marquis wasn't on that team, was he? No, but fun fact, my dad taught him. Taught oh, Jason Marquis. Oh, school? Yes. Wow. What, yeah, what, what, Staten Island guy. What subject? No, history. Guy. Nice. Yeah. Nice. History guy. Yeah. Nice. That makes sense. You Jason guys Marquee could you represent. guys could chat it up about, about history. The, the yeah, reconstruction. Took, took about the Hundred Year War. Yeah. <laughs> Joan of Arc. <laughs> shout her out. But wrap up this series of the Phillies. The Mets were four for ten runners in scoring position on Sunday. The Phillies were just two for twenty-one runs in scoring position. The series stinks. Terrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wheeler, Wheeler had allowed five runs his previous four starts entering today. That's awesome. That's a high five. Yeah, that's a high five. Frick yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. Phillies didn't score a run. Gonna say he's the Grom like. What? So you're gonna say he's the Grom like, and he gives up six runs today. He's the Grom. I didn't say the Grom like. He's similar. He's Walmart the Grom. He could be. Yeah. Basically. Kmart the Grom. I don't think Kmart's in business anymore. Exactly. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm taking shots. The Phillies didn't score in a run since the first inning on Friday. Not a good team. That's crazy long time. Oh, my God. I have so much fun when we beat the Phillies. Oh, so I, I really like The Braves are obviously our, our team. We're keeping an eye out here, but yeah, yeah. it's nice to beat the Phillies, too. For sure. And the Phillies will probably make the playoffs. Oh, they definitely. They have a good shot to make some noise. Definitely. They have good pitching. Like, we like, well, they have two good pitchers. Yeah. We had this conversation last night that the Phillies are probably better than the teams in the Central. Definitely. Like, I'd rather play the Cardinals or the Brewers than the Phillies in the playoffs. In a heartbeat. Yes. In a heartbeat. And, like, the Phillies and the Padres, I think... With Bryce Harper back, they're similar ish, yeah, similar ish, especially no Tatis. Yes, yeah, that, that's that true. happened. That's how the Phillies haven't scored. <laughs> the Phillies haven't scored the run since that news got announced. <laughs> First standing on Friday. Oh my God, jeez. Mets starting pitchers only allowed one run in this series. Also, that first standing on Friday, 18, no runs for 17 straight innings for Mets starting pitching. It must it sounds lucky to me. It's so lucky. And this Mets <laughs> team is so lucky. The fact they get, they pitch shutouts every game. Yeah, my God. luckiest team in baseball. And with this wonderful another series win, the Mets still. I actually don't want to say that. Okay, don't say it then. Yeah, you hold in it. Jinxes? What you believe in jinxes? You're, you're talking to the king. Thousand percent. I'm, I'll say it. I don't want you. To I don't say want it you to say it either. Say it. But the Mets, the Mets have played really well in every series against National League East teams this year. Yeah, I lost one. They've been great. <laughs> All right, whatever. That's, sure. No, that's okay. I'll, I'll allow that. I one. I will say this: 30, Mets have 39 wins against the NL East this year that matches total from last year. And we are 115 games into the season. And we still have, I think, a, another series or two against the Nationals. I mean, we have a huge, huge couple series coming up yeah. again on the road. But before we do get going into that. We got to have a little bit of fun here, as you guys know. We have to talk about the estimate. Uh, I lost again. Again, because Kyle Schwarber, who I was really <laughs> hoping would not, he got one at bat. He got one at bat in a pinch hit scenario. <laughs> so that means the, the, the bet, I guess we're calling it, yeah. the, ga- the game counts. And I lose. Oh. I lose. After oh, that's a real shame. With the Diaz one from the but, previous but week this, has been this, this was voided. Un- universal karma, because you guys tried to conspire against me, even though I won that one too. Tried to take it nah. off the board. Yeah. And this one, they gave me one back very easily because I earned both. I'm just never going to pick the under unless you say something crazy. Well, then you're going to wear a tuxedo next o- April. Overs only. <laughs> okay. I like to have fun. Great. You like, want to see more. You know what's going to be really fun? Wearing a tuxedo to a baseball game. Hey, listen, you might be wearing all your, your sweaters, your sweatshirts, your wool hats. I'll be nice and warm in my tuxedo <laughs> and looking sharp at it. You will look sharp. That being said, though. 
we have another estimate because the season is not yet over. No, it's not. And crazier comebacks have happened. True. But I, think, I believe it's 6-1 now. Yeah. It, it is 6-1. It's tough. Um, yeah, that was terrible. I mean, Thursday I'm sitting doing some work, preparing for the series, scrolling Twitter, and I see Kyle Schwarber has left the game. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe they're getting blown out. Nope, it's 3 nothing. They're right in the game. And then I find out that he actually has an injury, and I sent, <sighs> I sent you guys the facepalm emoji. Yep, yep. Because I was honestly afraid that we were going to have another situation where the player who was the center of estimate didn't participate in the series, which then James is going to be ornery about that, and I, didn't need, I don't want that. <laughs> That's why you bet the under. <laughs> so Levers um, are subjective. You'll yeah, never pitch. The books would have avoided it, but... They would have. Right. Just like my Team Canada World Juniors bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, so, yes, Kyle Schwarber pinch hitting did solidify, put a stamp on that. Mark, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got to take uh, that one. Yeah, I got to take it up with the, uh, the Phillies coaching staff there. But there's another chance to kind of chip away at the deficit here. Never give up. So here we go. A four-game series in Atlanta coming up for the Mets and Braves. Uh, Mets pitchers have not allowed a home run in four straight games now. I know you're looking at me like there's another jinx. I'm okay with that. But you know what? Last night's game, by the way, or Saturday's, I should say, Flu. You want to know why? What didn't you text us? I was busy. I was thinking. Thank about God. Was, we need you we busy saying, during games more. <laughs> two hours, twenty minutes. Also, after the game, we went to a great bar in Long Island City. Oh yeah. Shout out the LIC bar. Bartender out there. For every Degrom star, he says sometimes Scherzer starts now. He writes the K's on napkins and tapes them up on the bar. That's awesome. And What's he does back. And he, L- LIC bar. I just said. Oh, I thought you were just saying a bar in LIC. No, no, it's no, no. Called LIC bar. It's very creative. Yeah. Good bar. Great bar. Fun time. Yeah. Had some live music, some blues. Blues. Yeah. Which great, great stuff. I'm a blues fan. Anyway, so... Not the hockey team. I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) We love talking puck on the show. All right, so, uh, yeah, Mets pitchers. No homers allowed in four straight games. There were 11 total homers hit between the Mets and the Braves in the five-game series we saw last week. So now the question is, how many total home runs will be hit during this four-game series? Who's going to go first? I think, who said it last time? I mean, James won first last time. John right? sets all the rules now to try and go against. I think me, it's so. my turn. I you think it's my first? turn. Yeah, I think I, I think no, I have I, to. You you went first last time, but I'll let you go first again. I went first during. You did Schwarber. You picked oh, the number. then you go first. Me go first. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go something very calm, very easy. Five. Oh God, it's a really good number. Five home runs in a four game series. I know where Mark's going here. Yeah, I'm going over. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go over. It's gonna be a hot week. It's gonna be a hot week in Atlanta. Four games. Yeah. You, you know how I'm going to get beat by this one, right? Mets yeah. are going to hit five home runs. The Braves aren't going to hit a single home run. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, <laughs> I can't get any help from Atlanta. Are you kidding there me? There we go. I'll take that. I mean, I'll be happy. Yeah. I'll be happy as long as the Mets win. Yeah. All but, right. I mean, if the Mets win and they also hit home runs and I win, then I'm even happier. Exactly. But I'm going five. It yeah. would be quite the turn of events if this thing got close. And we had a little September race. That would be yeah, fun. Yeah, it would be fun. But then I, I would still come back to this, this whole Edmund Diaz, Alexis Diaz fiasco. <laughs> it would be an asterisk Voided. next to it. <laughs> And then the other thing we want to talk about, too, because you know we like to have a little bit of fun here towards the end, we want to talk about our big three, which is guys who we think should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It was something that we had a discussion about in the production office Saturday. during this weekend. Got very heated. I shouldn't say heated, because everyone was... An- animated. It was animated. That's a good one, because everyone was friendly in discussion. But there were a lot of names being thrown out there, so I thought it would be a good time to discuss it on the podcast. And we were talking more about current players who we think could reach the Hall of Fame. But this one, we're going to talk about guys who are no longer playing anymore, yeah. who we think should be in. And there's, this is a very long list, but... A lot of great players. I want John to go first. Because John, John's really trying to... Yeah. John, John's like not a real Mets fan. He really, <laughs> he's really just an, a man. He's, he's, he lacks values. Just He talks about numbers, statistics. Oh, man of faith. This is... Yeah. This is... <laughs> this is Adi Mal. That's all I'm going to say. I, I think... You just said that. <laughs> 
That was good though. Uh, that was that's, good a, that's the second reference I think we're gonna have. Yeah, I mean, we, we, it was it was Castellanos weekend here. Yeah. So John. Yeah. Go ahead. Get ev- get everyone's blood boiling. Go Fine, for it. I'll say it. I think Chase Utley's a Hall of Famer compared to his peers Tomato. at second base. Tomato. Especially for he had a peak. Let me pull it up here. Um, he had a 133 OPS, I believe it was, over a six-year peak from 2006 to 2011. Um, eighth most war among 2006 2011. We're using five year windows to or, to designate or 2012. <laughs> I'm just talking about the peak because okay, sure. he didn't play, <laughs> he didn't have a 15 20 year career. Yeah, Chase Utley did sure. hang them up earlier than say, Willie Randolph did, or other guys. When you look at total war, among Lou Whitaker. Basemen, no, I got one. A lot of those guys played a lot longer than Chase Utley. And if you want to say, well, he retired, he fell off the cliff, and that's why he retired, that's cool, but. I'm all per capita here. Sure. I mean, look capita. at the war. Sixty-four and a half war over his career. That's right there with Roberto Alomar in the Hall of Fame. He played about 400 fewer games than Alomar did. Another not that, not that far from Ryan Sandberg. About 200 games less. I, I get it. No Met fan wants to hear anyone say no. anything nice about about Chase. The Phillies weekend, no less. Sure. <laughs> but you know what? Makes it topical. If there's though. a Philly that I dislike more from yesteryear, it's, it's absolutely Cole Hamels. That's crazy. No, no it's I not. When so he goes on more. radio and says in his voice, we're the team to beat. We're the team to beat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I don't want to be the one to do it. I don't want to be the one to do it, but yes, thank you. <laughs> Chase Utley, say what you want. He was an incredible player and a pain in the tuchus as well. Tuchus. I'll say this. I'll I'll say I'll say one nice thing about Chase yeah. Hutley, and then I'll get I'll get on my tirade probably. But I, no, I have I have a player. I'm gonna. That being about. said, before he broke Ruben Tejada's leg, yes. I hated him, but I respected him. Once he did that and really took in the villain role, he became he became rat number one in my list. Yeah. I worse than Burl. Yeah, because yeah, Burl, Burl Burl just killed us. You respect Burl, but he yeah, wasn't a dirty I player. He wasn't he wasn't Burl. he wasn't he, dirty. He, he was what he was. Burl didn't overextend himself ever. Chase Utley he thinks he's a first overall pick. He was a first overall pick? I think he was out of Miami. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know he's a Miami guy. That makes even more sense probably. But that makes, Burl? That makes less sense. No, nah, it makes Pat, more Pat sense. Pat Burl looks like he was buried like three blocks away from Citizens yeah. Bank Park. <laughs> First overall, 98. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that about him. Yeah, that was I a mean, time for the MLB draft. I feel like there were like seven or eight straight drafts there. Just it wasn't closing right. your eyes. Yeah, and like I want, I want that guy. <laughs> the Uptons were around there too. Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, Chase Utley. I just, he's. He was really good. He's my I mean, second most hated player of all time. You, Roger Clemens, number one. If you're going to put Chase Utley in the Hall of Fame, you have to put Bobby Gritch in the Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, thank absolutely. God we have that. Bobby <laughs> Gritch had more war Chase Utley in the same amount of seasons, only 80 more games. Better war per 162. He had almost the exact same amount of home runs. You're talking about a second baseman. Hung, like, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think Utley's that spectacular in the scheme of all second basemen. Be like, this guy should be in the Hall of Fame. Is Altuve a Hall of Famer right He's now? He's going to be. He might be. I don't know, the, you look the, at the war. You look at war rankings. Altuve is way behind Utley. And he has a lot. He has more story to write. I think, I think that... The weird cheating thing well, is going to be weird with Altuve, too. I think all the, sure. when all the Astros guys get to that point, the cheating thing will come up. But sure. I also think that Altuve is just more... Like, he's more central to what's been going on in baseball the last 10 years than Utley really ever was. Like, Utley just, like, I don't know. He was, like, a folk hero in Philly, and, like, Mets fans hate him because he's a blip. Of thing. Utley's a blip. Yeah, you could tell the story of baseball without talking about Chase Utley. Oh, 100%. Utley won a title, though, in 08. He did help he win a single in that title. World Series. First inning of that World Series, he changes the entire complexion with a homer. Sure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, whatever. Sure. I hate Chase Utley. This one, I will be the biased Mets fan. There's never a world you'll get me to call him a Hall of Famer. Even if he makes it, I will... I will stop caring even the slightest bit about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Just consider the position. That's all I'm saying. Consider the position. He's a failed shortstop. Jay Sutley Sutley was never top five in war in a particular season. He was only top ten three times. He only really had like an eight or nine year peak. Again, like again, you compare him to a guy like Bobby Gritch, who didn't even get a, a sliver of love for the Hall of Fame. Similar power numbers. He was more versatile on defense, played multiple positions. And he just, there's no way. There's well, no way. You want to talk about not getting a sliver of love from the Hall of Fame. I'm going to go talk about my guy now. This is my soapbox. And I'm going to get on top of it. I'm going to die on this hill. Carlos Delgado. You guys might remember him. Former Met. The fact that Carlos Delgado got kicked off the ballot in his first year is insane because this guy should be a Hall of Famer, no doubt. I mean, he's getting the Fred McGriff treatment. It doesn't make any sense. From 1996 to 2008, that's what, 12, seasons, 12, 13 seasons, whatever it is, Carlos Delgado averaged 35 homers, 36 doubles, 112 RBIs with a 280 average for a power hitting guy, 386 on base, which is insane, 552 slugging, 938 OPS. That's an OPS plus of 140. I looked at guys like Albert Pujols, who you consider to be one of the best first basemen of all time, and one of their best 12-year stretches. Pujols was at 1,000 OPS, but you're talking about one of the greatest players ever. Carlos Delgado, during this time, during this time period, was just unbelievably good. He had multiple 40 home run seasons, drove in 145 RBIs, 130 a few times. He was so good with the Mets. His career ended a little bit early because of that injury that happened in 2009. He wasn't able to keep playing. But this guy was one of the best hitters in baseball that did not get enough love because you had all the big names like Bonds and Griffey and Sosa and McGuire, A-Rod, going around. So he kind of went under the radar, but... I don't even. I think he got one or two votes on the Hall of Fame ballot, which that's that's like disrespectful to the game of baseball. These are supposed to be the people who are, you know, teaching the history of the game to the next generation, and to not even have Delgado make it to the next year is insane. Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame. Carlos Delgado is twice the player, five times the player. Harold Baines only in there as a personal favor to Jerry Reinsdorf. It's unbelievable. I Carlos Delgado not being in the Hall of Fame. That's the one that that really irks me the most because he really was just so good. It's the system. It's the backlog. That's the yep. problem. Yeah. When you have guys turning in empty ballots yep. as, a, as a stunt, Carlos Delgado pays for it. Yep. Especially when a guy like Verducci like makes a really well documented video <laughs> using his beautiful like engraved leather opener to open up his ballot <laughs> and put it on the table with dramatic music that in video the background was insane. and circling cameras. Like, insane. Who, who, who put this together? My guy for the Hall of Fame. I think Delgado's a great pick. I'd thank love you, thank you. So is Chase Utley, but go on. That's not true. <laughs> My guy, someone who had a very similar career to Chase Utley, one, one Peter Browning of the, uh, <laughs> of the Louisville Eclipse. No, I'm very much joking. But Pete Browning had a great career from 1882 to uh, 1894, ending up with the Brooklyn Grooms. That can't be a real a, name. Had a, good, had a good time with the Cleveland Infants as well. But no, I was, just, I, was, I was looking up guys to compare to Chase Utley, and I found Peter Browning, and those three team names are unbelievable. The Cleveland Infants? The Cleveland Infants. Imagine. The Brooklyn Grooms? <laughs> They were just, those were just things that existed in the world. They weren't even like... <laughs> like City and that guy. <laughs> but my player who I think should be in the Hall of Fame, because Mark knows I love relievers. Of course. He's a reliever who's habitually disrespected in the history of the game. Former it's, Met. It's former Met. Also former Philly. Yeah, okay, whatever. I'm just saying, it's topical. Billy Wagner. Mm. Billy mm. Wagner is literally one of the best relievers who's ever played this game. Yep. He is such a freak athlete that he was a right-hander when he was growing up. I heard the story from Howie on the it's radio crazy. a few years ago. 
broke his arm, couldn't use it, started throwing lefty, 100 miles an hour. Uh, but it must be sick to be given. Could you imagine that? Two arms kissed by God. <laughs> be like breaking a leg and like growing another one. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but Billy Wagner, one of the highest strikeout rates in the history of baseball, one of the lowest ERAs, lowest whips. I think he does have the lowest whip in the history of baseball. Uh, I don't those. know about anymore, but I think as like, uh, he'll have that. He, he's up yeah, there. He's, he's up definitely there. up there. He, he like he's. The only really thing that killed him in terms of like the Hall of Fame was not really having the save numbers that guys like Trevor Hoffman had, which is also like nonsense because he has four hundred. No, I know, and he was like, he was so good for so long. He also I don't believe he ever had was in like a real pennant race. The Mets. The Mets, but 2006, but they didn't actually get to a World Series. Like a lot of these relievers, like Hoffman and Mariano, he was, well, he really Lee, they have the marquee playoff moments that kind of makes a reliever. They traded him to Boston. Uh, the Wagner? Mets traded him to Boston. He had a run there. Hmm? For Chris Carter, the animal, remember him? Yes, really? That oh, was that God. deal. I can't remember. Can't believe that. But I just, Wagner, like he was so good for so long. Also, he, I mean, he's the only reliever I can remember with the Enter Sandman walk-up song. Yeah, really good one. Yeah, it's like I, if you're a reliever and you have that song, like especially being the original one. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, he's the best one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. no doubt. He and he truthfully is probably the best left-handed reliever in the history of the game. He had one bad season. Quotation marks bad, and it's because he was hurt. Made only 28 appearances, 6 ERA. But otherwise, every single year, he had an ERA below 3 as a reliever. Multiple seasons with 1-5s. Like, that's... He's so criminally disrespected in the game of baseball. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. He, even after he had a lot of injuries, after his tenure with the Astros, Phillies, and Mets, because, of course, the Mets sign a guy like that to a big contract. He's going to have some injury issues. But also, he was, <laughs> like, used a lot over these years. Just 60, 67. What, 70 appearance season one year. His last year that he resurfaced with the Atlanta Braves, he was an all-star. He was lights out. He had a good year. 2.10 2, 2. FIP, 70 innings pitched, 1.43 ERA for a season. Like, Billy Wagner, habitually disrespected. I think if we're going to – the way that baseball's moving, we're going to have to find a way to respect these guys who have different roles than the kind of traditional ones that yeah. the Hall of Fame was kind of built on. Cy Young's not going to be around every no, day. No, more Walter Johnson's. Yeah, the gentleman's the more, hurler, the Christy Matthews. The more Goose throwing three innings at a time as closers. <laughs> it's not going to happen anymore. So if you're going to look at baseball in the modern lens, you have to look at the guy who was by far the best lefty reliever of his era, one of statistically the best relievers of all time. Especially left-handed. Yeah, 100%. I think he probably was the best lefty reliever ever. One of the best relievers of his era, overshadowed by Hoffman and Mariano, just because they were doing more things postseason-wise, especially Hoffman in the beginning of his career. But I think Billy Wagner should be a Hall of Famer. Yep, I'm gotta with give, you. Gotta respect relievers. I like, I like our two picks. Yeah. Three That's, good picks, I think. Uh, there, were, there were two very I like good our two picks. Are you including Pete Browning? <laughs> no, 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 no. Although I do love the Louisville Eclipse. <laughs> no, I'm just going to let you know that Chase Utley had one, two, three, four, five. Five seasons with an OPS of over 900. Snooze. And what you were saying about... Snooze. I get you in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> what you were saying about those days where he was like 10, in the 20s, whatever, he was at the top of his class as a second baseman. That's my entire point. I'll take it one step further. Yeah. I'm not saying he is a Hall of Famer, but people underestimate how good Luis Castillo was oh my as God. a second baseman. John, especially when he was... Trying to make me have an aneurysm. On both sides of the ball. He was incredible. <laughs> he was a good player for a long time. have a stroke. He was a really good player for a long time. Incredible is a stretch. Okay, fine. Not incredible. He was a baseball player. He was a good Met for for the beginning of his tenure there. He had one good Mets year. We did this a few weeks ago. You're twisting. You're twisting it. The stab is twisting. No one come after me on Twitter, all right? I'm sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sensitive. John actually's going to catch a little bit of Twitter fame now. We we highlight him a few times. A few times. Got a couple followers? Uh, A few, yeah. A few. Maybe throw him another bone every now and again. (laughs) Pulling back the curtain. (laughs) Luis Castillo, in his three full years at the Mets, had WRC plus over 100 once. Yeah, horrible. He stunk. Yeah. I can't give Luis Castillo love. I can't give Chase Utley love. He had 300 love. average that year, of course, but like I wouldn't say he was a average. That. I will give Billy Wagner and Carlos Delgado love, which I think is yes. a perfect way for us to end the big three and yes. go into our final thing here, which is a big series preview against the Atlanta Braves. We Four games. We just saw them five times. Not just, that much we could tell you about. Just saw them. No Max Fried, though. 
No Max Reeb, we are going to get either Kyle Muller or Bryce, or Bryce Elder, who each filled in for them during the Marlins series. Give me Both Bryce. Lights out. Give me Bryce all day. I think, I think Muller is actually kind of a good, 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 good ball player. He pitched well against us in the COVID year, I believe he came up and pitched he against us. He hasn't really us. been up since then. He's had major control problems in major leagues and minor leagues. But over his last two months in AAA, he's really ironed those out. Is walking less than three batters per nine innings while striking out more than 10. He's, he's probably a good pitcher. Braves have also parted away with Robinson Cano, so he'll oh. no longer be on the roster. But they the did shock. just call up Vaughn Grissom, a young 21-year-old who, if you guys listened to the episode with Matt Eddy, before we knew he was getting called up, he actually like highlighted him as one of the players to watch in the minor leagues. Very good player, small sample, but he's hitting the ball really well. Two home runs this far in like four games. He has two home runs? Yep. Oh, my God. He's a really good baseball player, Vaughn Grissom. The Braves just do this. They have yeah. good player development. That being said, we know that we can beat this Braves team, especially Wait, if we pitch like we have. We just talked about Bryce Elder and Kyle Muller. We're not going to see either of the series. Oh, who are we going to see? <laughs> Monday night, Carrasco versus Strider. Mr. Mr. Uh, should we call him a leprechaun or something? Mr. Luck? <laughs> Mr. Luck. Yo, he's tiny, too. He is small. Short, one short guy to another. I'm yeah. gonna, if, we're, if, we're short kings ourselves, yes. so we can call him short. Absolutely. So if Strider, if Strider, you know, gets all pissy and moany again, yeah. I'm going to start calling him a leprechaun. That's fine. I'm okay. cool with that. Tuesday night, Tywin Walker versus Charlie Morton. Wednesday evening, Max Scherzer versus Jake Odorizzi. And Thursday evening, I think this game's on ESPN+. Plus. DeGrom versus Kyle Wright. I've never felt better about my home run bet in my life. <laughs> well, no, I've never felt more, more confident. You're throwing out Odorizzi on there? Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this Brave series. Mets have a real... It's a tough week. Yeah, real chance, though, to just stomp, twist, whatever it is, well, hurt after, the Braves. After this week, because we have four with the Braves and four with the Phillies, eight games in seven days against our two I don't biggest know rivals. I don't know if I want to look ahead yet, though. No, all I'm going to say is that this... We don't play, after this series, we won't play the Braves again until the second to last week series of the year, mm-hmm. all the way in October, which just think about that for a second. Ew. And this, the next weekend in Philadelphia is the end of our games with the Phillies. It'll be like cold in October. Yes, That's, it will be cold. But not, maybe not first week of October. It's still nice. I just have a funny That's li- the best weather of the year. I have a funny say. thing to throw in. I've been watching some Premier League soccer this weekend. Uh-huh. It was 85 degrees in Manchester, and the announcer said, quote, unquote, it was boiling. Boiling hot. Oh, that's literally not true. It's been like 85 degrees here in New York, and I put on jeans yesterday. It was, it's been well, beautiful no, it, weather it in broke, the city. It broke this week. It was, okay. thank God. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's it was been hot. beautiful, though. Yeah, the, weather's the last been like, four days amazing. Yeah, but uh, England thinks 85 is boiling. Big Just series. Thought, big, thought series. big series against the Braves. Just twist the knife. Twist the knife. Let's win it. Let's beat the Braves. Uh, let's, let's get an even bigger lead than we already have. There's no reason we shouldn't. That being said, Braves also haven't lost since they left City Field. They're a good team. They're a good team. We can beat them, though. That's... Basically, we're going to wrap it up here, though, right? we got nothing else to say. I think we're good. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Make sure you follow us on our social media, at MetsUp on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. YouTube video will be on the New York Mets YouTube channel. Check that out. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you listen, drop us a rating, review, download, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Follow James on Twitter at... James underscore Shiano. How we, how we said Skiano, it's Shiano. Yeah, Shiano. A uh, hard C-H there, right? No. Soft, soft, soft C-H. Oh, silence. Yeah, we got to get better with our pronunciation and ling- linguistics. Linguistics? Yeah, get better with our linguistics. Sure. Mark Luino here. Uh, you can follow me at GiraffeNeckMark with a C. And you know what, John? Go ahead and plug your Twitter, too, if you want it. Oh, me? Yeah, yeah give sure. it to it. At JMB9191. There you go. Keep chopping. Yeah, got to give John one <laughs> shout out every once in a while here. Keep chopping. Keep chopping. Oh, my God. <laughs> Keep chopping. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to end it here. See ya. See you guys next time. Get up. Get, get up. Get up.